Hey, welcome to 412 Connections. My name is Larry Grayway. I'm here with Heather Kroos, who founded this podcast a couple years ago, and it used to be called Mylar, My Look at Recovery. And we've kind of switched it up this year. We used 412 because it says this, it says a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two stand back to back and can conquer. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. And we're here to talk about how mental health um, affects our lives and how we can recover and how we need each other as a part of that recovery process. And so again, I'm here with Heather and she's gonna get us kicked off today. Welcome back and thank you for joining us once again. Um, Still kind of hard to believe we are in season four. This will be our second episode of the season. And the first one really kind of following the same format that we established last year where we introduce the topic for the month and then follow that with a guest speaker in the following episode and uh, excited, especially for this topic being uh, community and the importance of community. And the irony does not escape me (laughs) on so many levels, Uh, especially because traditionally I have been someone that has had a tendency to isolate and withdraw and keep to myself out of a sense of protection. And then I met this weird guy at a park seven, eight years ago now, and somehow started to realize that maybe isolating wasn't such a great idea all the time. You don't know anything about that, do you, Larry? No, not at all. I actually thought this episode was about the value of singing in the shower and how it helps our mental health. So, um, <laughs> You're so weird. It was just for you, Heather. No. Uh, isolation is is and i know we're laughing and this is i apologize to everybody that listens to this we really are serious about doing this but i have to make heather laugh from time to time no um even those that are introverted by nature need community they may not need it all the time or in the same way but we crave that community and it's important to our mental health In some ways, I think this episode, more than any episode we've done to this point, really exemplifies the reason that we changed the name to 412 Connections, because the verse really speaks to the importance of community and connection and how we are stronger together than we are apart. And that it's it's a lot harder to break somebody that is a part of a community than it is to to break them when they're alone. Well, absolutely. Um, there's a lot of pieces to this puzzle, and then our this month's guest and our topic is something that is really a big part of. Uh, what's going on in our culture on the mental health side and just in general. I did a survey of a bunch of pastors uh, towards the end of the year around November 
and just ask them what are the greatest needs in our community and you would think it'd be things like homelessness or food or finances but across the board i think with the exception of one pastor uh, of everybody that i surveyed um, they all said mental health and seniors so the senior population is struggling with mental health and i think they've struggled generation or for generations i think there's been a mental health struggle dealing with retirement the loss of career i know that was a big deal for my dad he really struggled with that um and all of the changes friends that are passing away um no longer have the same social structure because ooh, we're retiring we have all this freedom and then we find out we have all this time on our hands and don't know what to do with it and so there's a lot to that that a lot of seniors struggle with depression struggle with fear anxiety all of those typical things that we talk about and we tend to look at with kids but we forget that this generation that's still here that's still vibrant that still has a lot to add to our community is struggling as well the interesting thing is if you you look at the current generation and I, I don't mean the littles but especially like the high school young adult age there is a lot more open discussion about mental health now and there's still this huge gap and divide between the generations and there always has been as my grandfather used to point out to me that that goes back all the way to like Aristotle and Plato this is nothing new yep and part of that is because there is that that gap and one of the things that frustrates me the most about the younger generation and I, I admit it I did the same thing when I was younger is that we we forget we wouldn't be what we are at in society right now had it not been for the groundwork that was done by the generations before us. Oh, absolutely. And what's funny is, is that we all, we try to separate ourselves from our parents' generation because we're trying to blaze our own way. That's a natural part of life. But that cycle always circles back around. So um, our grandparents or our great-grandparents dealt with a lot of the same things or tried to push some of those same issues because they were, you know, they dealt with some of that, that's those same urges to push away in certain areas. Because I, I believe that we're always on a pendulum. We swing from one side to the other, these extremes. And we rarely land in the middle and every generation's pushing one way and the next generation pushes back the other. And it's like a giant swing set. No, it's not that cut and dry things do change and evolve and you know culture changes but for the most part the things that we complain about our parents or maybe even our grandparents are probably the same things our great-grandparents or maybe our grandparents complained about depending on you know how they were raised and where they were well one of the things and i think this is especially important in in looking at the way mental health is treated especially as you mentioned with the seniors that tends to be overlooked in their population and let's be honest here the reality of it is 
that for whatever reason our focus tends to be on the littles and as you progress out in age less and less attention is focused on things especially the resources available and I get it to an extent I understand that early intervention is important but the problem with that is is we forget that we have parents and grandparents and if you're lucky enough to have great-grandparents in your life their generation didn't talk about this stuff no I mean the reality of it is that I've been born 20 years earlier I probably would have been institutionalized yeah I mean it has progressed and it has been that's one of the the best things that we've done over the last 30 years or so is bring to light as we've learned some of the mental health issues that are there um, even taking autism or different uh, learning disabilities and learning how to work around those and help people it's like it's like dyslexia was even a generation before that because they didn't understand what dyslexia was and once they did and learned how to work around it they realized that it wasn't this big mark against you that you'll never be productive in life it just meant that you had to do things a different way and i think it's the same thing with the struggles that we do now yes there are extremes where there are some people that aren't able to care for themselves that aren't able to do those things because of certain disabilities that there's always going to be those extremes but for the majority See, one of the things that I really want to point out here, because, like I said, if I had been born 20, 30 years before I was born, I probably would have lived most, if not all, of my life institutionalized, especially if some of the things that were discovered later in life had been more apparent when I had been younger, especially Mm -hmm. elementary age. But the thing is, like, even within our generation, when we were growing up, using the term retarded was not a big deal. Mm -hmm. And it became a very negative slur, and it is no longer even acceptable in the medical community because of the negativity that is associated with that. And yet, we still use other things now that really bug me when we're using medical terms as slang, especially because they tend to be very derogatory, which is the whole reason that I I started doing some of the things that I do, like the Identity Stolen Project that used to be Hello My Name Is. But one of the other key things in, that has only been probably in the last 20, 25 years is that we've started to really understand and recognize that community-based care is not only more treatment effective it's also more cost effective Mm -hmm. and so you have these people that are really like arguing that we need to bring back the institutions and we need to lock up all the crazy people and the reality of it is that that doesn't help anybody and it doesn't help society as a whole and before we get too much further into this i want to point out And I actually looked up the acronym so I could give it to you. Mm -hmm. Because I know it as Sam's Haas. And it is the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. 
It is essentially the federal government's program that deals with mental health and substance abuse. And that's where a lot of the funding sources for mental health and more so substance abuse because for whatever reason the stigma associated with substance abuse is less than it is with mental health even though substance abuse in and of itself is a mental illness. But I digress. <laughs> and if you look up their definition of recovery, they have identified four major dimensions that are needed in order for somebody to live in what they refer to as recovery or to help support somebody's recovery. And those four dimensions are health, home, purpose, and community. And I've always found that it interesting that they identify those as being important for recovery because in reality, those are four things that are crucial just to live mm -hmm. life, period. If In order for you to be healthy, it kind of like follows man's laws, I think is how you say the guy's name, the hierarchy of needs. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have those basic needs met, you're never going to be able to progress up because it's a pyramid and it builds up on top of each other. And so the two that I really wanted to focus on today were the purpose and community. Because as someone that has struggled with mental health issues pretty much my entire life, and given the last six months have been interesting, and at the time of this recording, less than three days away from facing yet another surgery, and knowing that with this one, it's going to be more difficult because I will be homebound for four weeks. Whereas before I was getting out of the house two to three days a week just for PT. And then once I was able to get a little bit more mobile and I was able to start driving myself, I was able to get out and be a part of the community. Mm -hmm. And so after that surgery, even though it'll be my left ankle with it being completely non-weight bearing, it's really not going to be practical for me to be able to get out and do things. Because I, I, I have to to be very cognizant and take care of it. And while very, very thankful for my community and support system that I have that was able to find me in the scooter, which is going to significantly assist in the not putting weight. I can't get the thing in and out of my car easily with standing on two feet. <laughs> There's no way I'm gonna attempt to do it with one foot on the ground. And unfortunately, with my shoulder getting messed up and the car accident back in April, and it still hasn't healed fully, getting around on crutches isn't easy anyway. But knowing that I don't have the upper body strength that I need to really be able to be as mobile as I would need to be to be able to get out in the community before I am able to put weight down on that left ankle, it is just really driven home that the importance of having that sense of community and the support of the community and the people in my life, but also that, that sense of purpose. And that, that's one of those things that, and as you mentioned with seniors, I think that's what happens a lot of time, especially with the older generation, because I know when I was growing up, that was kind of the expectation. 
even though it wasn't necessarily coming from my parents, that was what I saw in society was, okay, you're 16, you get a job, and then you work to support yourself, you get out of college, you find a job, and you work 20, 30, 50 years in the same job. And that's that's not the way things work anymore. And it hasn't been for a while, but for our parents' generation and the current senior population, so you, you go to this job and maybe you don't really like your job, but you do it and you're, you do it consistently. And then all of a sudden you're at the age where you have the opportunity to retire or you're presented with what is supposed to be an opportunity when reality is you're old, we don't want you anymore, go away. And so they kind of force you out. And I, I remember watching that with my grandfather he taught for over 40 years and the reason that he quit was because it started to feel like work to him and he always told me the day he retired was the day he started teaching and the day it started to feel like work is was was the day that he quit mm-hmm. and even with my dad who had the same basic job my entire life and even though we moved around a lot because the companies changed and then he ended his career as an independent contractor. Mm-hmm. I I saw him when he stopped working, and there was this like decline because it. And I think that in a lot of ways that was part of the reason why. I'm sure my family will tell me differently, but I I truly believe that the reason that my dad quote-unquote retired when he did was because I was having ankle surgery and there was nobody there to help me Mm. and so he quit his job right before the surgery so that he could be home to kind of help take care of me and my dad and I had an interesting relationship he wasn't exactly what you would consider a caregiver but he really did care and then he found little projects and things to keep himself busy and then Towards the end, he found his community. He was a part of the Sons of the Union Veterans, and Mm -hmm. he became very involved in that. And that gave him a new sense of purpose, and you could see the change when he had that sense of purpose. And then you look on the flip side, and I, I, I watch my mom, and I see as she's becoming more and more isolated. And part of that is because of mobility issues. And I think a bigger part of it is is she's dealing with a lot of depression that she doesn't want to acknowledge. And that isolation and that lack of community and in a lot of ways a lack of feeling of purpose in her life has really just kind of beat her down. And I wish so badly that I could help her find that. But it's also part of the reason why I'm pushing myself as hard as I am to find a way to stay connected to my community, to find a way to find a purpose and hold on to that purpose, not just for those four weeks, but for the long term, Mm -hmm. because we all need that. And I feel like I've talked way too much, so I'm going to give you the mic. No, you're just sharing your story. Community is a huge part. And you brought up from this, the the fact that purpose and community together when we feel like we don't have a purpose we wander and then we get frustrated and we feel like we don't matter mm-hmm. and that purpose in our lives is finding 
those places that we fit in in our new, like if say retirement, because we're going to talk about the seniors because of our guest this month is Kathy Latham, who is uh, works for Cobb Senior Services for you know 18, 19 years, I think she said. And we talked to her, and you're going to hear about it in our episode, about resources for seniors to get together for community. And I didn't know, I think she said there's like seven uh, community centers so. in Cobb County, which is, which is amazing. But a lot of people don't know they exist. A lot of people don't realize that there are these opportunities for the senior community to go out and to do stuff together. And that's why I think even as a pastor, we often focus on the 20s to 40-year-olds, that, that niche right there, to, to grow our churches. And we tend to forget about those that are older. Or we have churches that are all older and not younger, but not mixing the two together. Um, it's kind of this natural life cycle, but there is so much that we can learn from that generation that's poured into the next generation. And one of, um, one of the f- families that was in our church for a while um, used to hire my boys to come over and do work for them. And that was really mentorship. Mm-hmm. They got paid to go be mentored. And it was kind of like an internship, if you look at it that way, because you go and do this work and you get a little bit of money doing it, but you're learning and you're growing. To me, that was awesome because here is somebody that's in retirement that has stuff that they're doing that they want to get done, but they're using what they have, which for them was time and the resources. They didn't have unlimited money, but resources to be able to pour into somebody younger and use and it and it was awesome and, and my boys are better for it those are the kind of things that i think help the next generation um, understand the need for caring for those that are in the senior part of their lives and then for the senior generation to realize that they have so much value to add to those that are around them See, the interesting thing is, I don't know if part of it is just because of my own lived experience, but uh, there is a lot of connection between the way we treat our seniors and the way we treat the disabled in our community. And there's a lot of people that don't like the word disability they they want to use the terms like differently abled and it, it bugs the heck out of me <laughs> it's just like when people don't want to acknowledge that they're getting older or that, that somehow a senior citizen is a bad thing and it's not i truly hope that i live to be well into my senior years i'm fairly confident i'm immortal just not indestructible based off of uh, lived experience, and until I have evidence otherwise, I'm going to continue to believe that. But in a lot of ways, as we do get older, we also start to face a lot more disability. And all a disability is, is that we are faced with obstacles that the general population is not faced. 
It could be an intellectual disability. It could be a mental health disability. And whether people want to acknowledge it or not, if you are neurodiverse, that is a disability because our society is not built to, and that's where accommodations come in. And there's a this, this whole like quagmire and stigma associated with accommodations. And all an accommodation is, is trying to create equity, not equal treatment, because equal treatment and equity are not the same thing. There was a really great illustration that somebody gave me that if you have three people, let's say, and you have a five foot fence, and you have one person who's like four feet tall, you have another person who's like five foot two, and then you have the third person who's six feet tall. If you want to give them equality, you give them all the same accommodation. Well, the person who's over six feet tall can easily see over that five foot fence. So they don't really need any accommodation to be able to see over that. The person who's just over five feet tall, maybe they can stand on their tippy toes and look over and they can see the fence, but they're not really going to. So they are going to need a small accommodation just to be able to make it up so they can see over the fence just like the person that's six feet tall. And then you got the other person who's around the four feet, and obviously all they're looking at is a fence. And so you have to give them a little bit more accommodation so that, and the, the idea of equity is that you're basically giving them a box so that they're all level at the top even though it looks like, well, they're getting extra support. Yeah, they are getting extra support. They're getting extra support so that they can have the same or similar opportunities as the person that doesn't necessarily need those extra supports. And it's a lot easier to illustrate that in a visual demonstration, so I hope the verbal made sense. And if not, I'm going to let you clear it up. No, that's a great illustration. Um, we, We drilled into people that we have to make everything fair. And the problem that we created with that is, is we think that if we give everybody the same thing, then that's fair, but not everybody needs the same thing. And so based on what you need to be able to do what's put before you, I might need one thing, you might need another, but it's it's really what you're saying is, hey, we're giving everybody the same opportunity, it's just gonna look different for everybody else. And that's still, that's really the basis for, I hate the term fair because we we ruined it because we thought, well, if I give this person this, then I've gotta give everybody that. And, and And that's where you get into, that's why community is best served in smaller areas. Um, that's why it's important for resources like Cobb Senior Services to get involved in that. We don't change our community. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to throw a politics into it for a second, but trust me, I'm not going down a politics hole. I'm just going to put it into reality. I heard somebody say this the other day, and I thought, you know, you're right. When we look to the federal government to make policies that change things locally, which is completely wrong. And we spend all this time, and it's important to vote. We should vote for our president, but we get thousands and thousands and thousands of people that come out, millions of people that come out and vote for president. But then when it comes time to vote for our local government, we get maybe a tenth of that to come out and vote. And yet real change happens 
locally because that local government knows the needs of its community and focuses on those needs. Or at least you hope they do. Well, that's the idea. We do that as a church. That has always been our focus. We've been very Kennesaw-focused. We have people that come from outside of Kennesaw. But everything that we do, we've never wavered on it, is very Kennesaw-focused. Because that's where we believe that God has placed us, and we are trying to meet the needs of the people and families that we are in, that we know in Kennesaw. It's funny because even though I do not live in Kennesaw, I still feel like Kennesaw is my community so much more so than Cartersville. I just happen to sleep in Cartersville every night. <laughs> but I've never really felt any sense of community or connection there, even from the, the first moment we moved there. And I think that because of the way that I was treated, especially right after I moved there. I had just turned 13, was a walking hormone, and a new kid yet again, and struggling, and a lot of the neurodivergence stuff really started to become more evident, Mm -hmm. especially because, and and particularly 30 years ago, it was a very small town with a very small town mentality. Add to that, it was a very southern small town mentality, and they weren't exactly welcoming of outsiders, especially outsiders who were did not fit the norm, and I did not fit their their expectation based off of the neighborhood that we lived in. I didn't fit what they felt like I should look like. I didn't fit into their little box, which let's face it, I've never fit into anybody's box, and so that has really colored. But when I I came down here and I met this weird guy in a in a park one night, and I I had a lot of baggage related to the church, and you never like shunned me, you never turned me away. We got into some pretty heated arguments there, especially in the beginning, because of the the experiences that I had had, and a lot of those were very negative experiences. But because of the support that you gave me and because of the, the effort and support that you gave to the Kennesaw community, and I did even then spend a lot more time in this area, and I saw that and I got to, to feel it. And if we go back to what Sam's Hoff uh, has identified as those four major dimensions of recovery, they have listed under a purpose that it is conducting meaningful daily activities such as a job, school volunteerism, family caretaking, creative endeavors, and the independence, income, and resources to participate in society. They, they identify that as something that is necessary in order for people to live a productive life. And with community, it's having relationships and social networks that provide support, friendship, love, and hope. And those things, I mean, people seem to take them for granted or they they use it flippantly, especially love and hope. They, they get thrown around like they're meaningless, but they are such powerful and important concepts. And they are so necessary for us to have that sense of purpose, to have that sense of community. 
and having a safe place to live is also important and having health not just physical health not just mental health but that overall health is so important because when you don't have that it just it makes everything so so much more difficult but not having that community and that purpose so completely and directly impacts your overall health absolutely so I, I think it's it's important that as we come into this next episode with Kathy and super excited for everybody to get a chance to hear it she's an amazing lady and it's really cool to know that we have in our community these resources that are available and, and I won't steal the thunder of what she's doing but she's going to show us a lot of what Cobb County Senior Services has to offer to help seniors find purpose and find that community. Also, help with health and, and recreation. I mean, everything from transportation when you can't do it mm -hmm. to doctor's appointments and all of these other things that, that people struggle with. But also, you know, things that are physical. I mean, yoga and and Zumba classes and and things that give activity so there's something for everybody in there and look I'm 51 I'll be 52 this summer I'm only gonna be I'm, th I'm less than four years away from being able to use Cobb senior services as a senior because they started at 55 and it wouldn't surprise me if one day they, they change that number because people are healthier, older than they used to be. We, we've, we've gotten a little bit better with that. But the idea of being able to go in and build community around, I, I'm excited about being 55 and being able to go in there and encouraging those that are older giving them a little bit more value, give them a little more to look forward to. See, the interesting thing to me is I remember growing up that 65 was considered senior. Mm -hmm. And there are some places that like even younger now, it, it goes as young as 50 and up, 55 and up is, but there are places where like the AARP, which is, the, which I recently found out you can be under 50 and join. Mm -hmm. And I'm seriously considering it, especially just given the fact that my body has already decided to start breaking down. So that's fun. But it's, it's interesting to me that because I, I don't even really remember thinking when I was a kid that 40 or 50 was old. Now, granted, probably when I was little, little, I probably did think my parents were like a thousand years old. And so in my mind, that was old, even though they were my age now, which is just bizarre to think about. But even now, I, when I think about people being old, it's like 80 plus. And while, yeah, there are more and more people that are living past that age, the way that our society is and the way that we have shifted things, especially with the youth, which is the reason that there has been a rise in child 
hid obesity rates in childhood type 2 diabetes or just type 2 diabetes overall, which isn't strictly based off of weight. There, there is more to do with it, but that can be a contributing factor. There's a reason why they have started checking children's cholesterol levels because as a society overall, it seems we become more and more sedentary with the increase in technology. And I get it, we're living in a changing world and it's not as safe as it was when we were kids or at least we're acknowledging the lack of safety that was probably there when we were kids. That maybe we shouldn't have been allowed to do some of the things that we were allowed to do because in retrospect, you know, shooting BB guns at each other is probably not the, the safest or most intelligent thing to do. Or setting up a ramp to ride your bike off in the middle of winter in Colorado and then like hiding from your parents because you got hurt. Because you don't want them to know. As long as there was no blood, you were fine. If there wasn't a bone sticking out, they didn't need to know. Oh, the blood was always fine. It was just bones. Yeah. <laughs> You're a boy, though. <laughs> it was a little different. You just packed it with mud and moved on. Um, yeah, look. We've been talking for quite a while. Really... To bring this back around, those areas, those four areas of our lives, but specifically um, that community and purpose, our guest this month is going to show how for seniors specifically, there are resources out there, especially if you live in the Cobb County area, that will help you find community, help you read find your purpose Mm -hmm. and help you thrive. I think of some of the people that I know that are super vibrant in their senior years and they're the ones that I see getting out and doing stuff, whether it's volunteering or whatever that may be, they find ways to get involved in their community. Uh, It could be at a senior center, it could be volunteering at a local food pantry it could be whatever that is they're the ones that i see having the most fulfilling senior part of their lives because everybody needs purpose i don't think retirement takes our purpose away um and i don't think retirement we sold this bill that we go live on a beach somewhere and just you know blow all this money that we saved Which in reality, yeah, can we take more vacations when we're retired? Sure, if you can afford to, and that's hopefully the goal. Do you have the flexibility to just go? We have a friend who's retired, who has grandkids in Colorado, who's back and forth between Colorado all the time and runs half marathons or no full marathons constantly doing those things. And I look and there's a lot of vibrancy and purpose. Does the body sometimes get in the way? Absolutely, they had to have a knee surgery this year, couldn't do some of the stuff they were doing. But still, getting out and getting involved, that's what is so important. And as we get older and as our body breaks down or different things happen, we have to adjust those things that we do and it goes back to expectations and what we're doing. But it doesn't change the fact that our community can be a big part of it, that we still have purpose and that we can still move forward in life and have a lot of 
and really enjoy that part of our lives and not dread every day going, well, I'm just bored. If, if all we ever did, if all I ever did was sit on a beach, I'd be miserable. Now, I know some people absolutely love it, but I can only do that for so long. We have to have things to occupy ourselves. I think God created us with purpose. And we don't have to find that magic purpose. It's just living every day intentionally and finding those things that we can pour ourselves into. I think one of the, the key things that I have found for myself, because there are times when I just need to run away from home. I just got back yesterday, as a matter of fact. I, I took a few days off be, to kind of help mentally prepare for this upcoming surgery. And I did nothing and it was glorious. Oh, there's something to be said for that. Yeah, absolutely. Because I needed that. I just, I needed to get away and, and not have to worry about anybody or anything, not have a schedule, not have a plan, which is kind of ironic because one of the things that I really struggle with is not having structure and routine. And that's, honestly, that was the hardest part for me was when the world shut down I had just started to develop a routine mm-hmm. and I've never really gotten that back and that is that is hard and when I, I have plans in place and they get altered or derailed it's very hard for me to pivot quickly and it, I wish I could figure out a way to be better at it but it's just not the way that my brain is wired, unfortunately. And I'm hoping that with some time and some work that maybe I can learn to adapt a little bit quicker. But I know this is something that I will always struggle with. But yeah. the, the key thing is, and this is something that has taken me 45 years to truly figure out. Having that community that I feel like I am a part of, to feel like I belong somewhere... And having some sense of purpose mm-hmm. are what make life worth living. Yeah. And when you you lose that sense of purpose, when you you feel disconnected from your community, mm-hmm. that's when the mental health spiral can really start to go downward. Yeah. And it, it is very difficult. So as we wrap this up. There are two things that I want to challenge both you and myself, but also to anyone who happens to listen to this podcast. I want to challenge us all to find a way to help somebody else feel a sense of purpose and find their community, to bring them in to that, that, that sense of community and purpose even if it's not necessarily with us, but to help them find their own, because we really do all need that. And it's like uh, a stone in a pond. And you throw it out in the middle of the pond, and you get that initial plunk, but the ripples go outward, and you never know whose life you are going to impact, Mm -hmm. because you may not even realize that you talk to somebody and you you might have saved their life or maybe you put a little spark of something in them that they then took and they encouraged somebody else and down the road 
they ended up saving somebody's life. And even though you were not directly involved, you were because it all it all comes back. We are all, every one of us on this earth are a part of a global community and we need to, to start recognizing that we are all a part of this global community. And while yes, we need to focus on our more local community because that's where we have a more direct impact, we need to recognize and realize that the things that we do, the things that we say, the way that we treat people, the way we treat ourselves, directly impacts a much larger scale, maybe not as as much as you get further out, but there is still an impact. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate, Heather, I appreciate the vision that you've had behind this podcast from the beginning. And even though you struggle with some of the things that we talk about on a personal level, and that's why they're so important to you, this has been a big thing to help us put out there the issues that people struggle with that hold them back with their mental health, that hold them back physically. All of those things are tied together. That's why we called it 412 Connections because each aspect of our lives is tied together. So I'm excited for this time with Kathy and I'm excited to have everybody get a chance to hear uh, some of the amazing things that are going on. So thank you for putting all this together and the hard work that you do. You just like sparked something in my head and there's one last thing I want to share because it really is important to me. I'm going to go get a cup of coffee and we'll, you know, make my bed. I'll be right. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You're such a word. (laughs) But in, in all sincerity and seriousness, I think what we need to remember is that when we are looking for a sense of purpose, it really needs to be about service to others and not service to ourselves and this may not seem to make sense and it may not make sense to anybody else but the reality of it is true selflessness for others is the most selfish act you can you can do because the reality of it is when we are giving ourselves to others and we are doing things without the intention of getting anything back and truly being selfless, we end up getting more out of it than the person that we are helping. Absolutely. And it is actually one of the coping skills that I have been taught over way too many years of experience on the other side of the couch. But when we do for others, it really is a great coping skill and it really does benefit us because that's a part of being a part of the community is is doing things to help other people and that's part of the reason why I do everything that I do. I cannot change anything that has happened to me in my past. Yeah. And in, even though there is a lot of stuff that I wish had not happened, mm-hmm. I, if I was given the opportunity, I don't know that I would go back and change it because it has formed me into the person that I am. But if I can take those experiences and and share them and try to help prevent other people from going through something similar, then at least there was a purpose to what happened. Absolutely. Well, thank you. And I appreciate everything, Heather. That was awesome because we do 
serving others, it's it's the same thing as it's always better to give than or to yeah to give than to receive. I almost thought I said it backwards, but that it boosts us, and that's the that's the beauty of it. And thank you for sharing that. And thank you for tagging along these last few seasons and for taking the time to talk to me all those many years ago when I was looking for pizza that I never actually got. I'm still kind of bummed about the pizza, but I am very thankful that you are in my life. And I'm thankful for all of our listeners and all of our guests that will be a part of this podcast, helping to spread more awareness and education about the importance of connections and how in reality everything does connect back to our mental health so until next time i hope you all have a great day